Hobbs, Miller, and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. This is Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon on a Thursday. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon, Ken Miller. As we talk sports with you for the next couple of hours and appreciate you spending some of your time here with us as week one kicks off tonight with a Big Ten tilt, Nebraska and Minnesota. Of course, Utah, Florida, pretty good uh, game uh, in its own right. So we will uh, talk a lot of football, surprisingly enough, on the program today. We'll start in about 15 minutes with some Iowa State conversation. Nick Oson, his second of his weekly hits, recap what he heard at the press conferences, Has if there has been any more news since then. We'll pick Nick's brain. He'll join us uh, for about 10 minutes at 11.15. Then we'll head north to the Twin Cities where Stephen M. Sippel from On3 Media um, Husker Illustrated, Trent? Husker Illustrated? I yeah, think. you're asking the wrong person. Okay, you're not a subscriber? Well, I am on three, on but three I don't are. go to the Nebraska site. Um, I, but that, I, I get enough propaganda in my daily life, I don't need to go over there. <laughs> propaganda. Uh, we will, uh, Come talk on, to, that media base is different than it is. Well, there's else. no question. There's no question. Uh, you're 100% right. I think it's more so with the Omaha World Herald. They're a big part of it. They are a huge part of it. Yes. Uh, but we'll talk to you simple at 1130. We'll preview Nebraska and Minnesota. The uh, lid lifters for, uh, for Nebraska have not gone well over the last couple of years. Uh, we will see if Matt Rule's got some um, things up his sleeve to, to change that here tonight. Uh, and then we will talk to Lee Sterling for the first time. ParamountSports.com will be with us right through the Super Bowl. He'll give us a few picks to chew on and then his uh, pick of the day. So we'll do that about 11.50. We're going to have someone from Swarm Beer in here from Exile. Yeah, Nick's going to stop by, one of their marketing people, and going to break things down a little bit. They're aboard with us here throughout football yep. season. Of course, they have their game watch going on for Iowa games. and the Oh, there's a game watch there? I didn't realize that. Swarm Golden Ale, something that is well, been a big summer topic. Oof. And what Brad Heinrichs and the Swarm Collective have done, yep. coming together, one of the first to go out there and put together the beer. So we're going to talk a little bit about how it came together with mm-hmm. Nick and uh, what it's looking like as we get ready for tailgate season. And well, do you think it's, ta- uh, it's, it's tailed off a little bit, the buzz? Now, or the, now that football's back, it's about to elevate again. I think probably, I think it's the latter. Yeah, it's going to elevate yeah, again. Yeah. Maybe a little bit of a lull. That'll be interesting since it's the last day of the month. We'll find out mm. what the check they're, they're going to cut for August. Is it going to be bigger than July when you had that onslaught of everybody wow. trying it for the first time? We'll see. We'll see because it was a significant uh, chunk of change. But it also was more widely distributed across the state and outside in surrounding areas. So maybe that leads to more. We will see about I would think when it comes to the we will, um, the Ames Lager, Mm -hmm. that we'll probably wait till the end of September to get any information on that because it's been so hard to find. But that's how Swarm was initially, too. But was it this? Was it see? I see, seemingly it was more readily available than Ames Lager. It was a week after at least the initial launch that it was out before I found it. And that's basically what it was for Ames Lager, too. I mean, the first day that was out there, oh, you can't find it anywhere. Right. Scavenger hunt. And then a week later, okay, now it's on shelves and it Mm -hmm. became a little bit easier and Mm -hmm. the high V displays. And feels like it's kind of the same path that we've seen from both sides of it. We, and at some point here in the weeks ahead, we'll do the same. We'll have somebody from, um, 
um, what's the brewery? West Westo. Westo, come in and we're not come in. <laughs> Join us on the phone. We'll pick his brain on on or her brain on how that's going. So we'll do that to kick off the hour, and then we'll go to David Eicholt at twelve fifteen. Going to talk some Chiefs. It's uh, Adam Teicher. He's hard to run down during the season. And when we have an opportunity, we're going to grab them. And today's that opportunity. We'll do so at 1230. We'll give four of you an opportunity to win barbecue from Claxons. Claxons moves from Friday to Thursdays uh, for the football season. Uh, so that's coming up here uh, at the end of what promised to be, I think, a very speedy two hours, at least for you and I, with so much going on. Yes. My good gosh. Well, day baseball from yesterday. I wanted to get to your twins in a second. I did not realize. I knew the bullpen was... I didn't realize it's as bad as it was. I mean, they've got the second most blown saves in MLB, only behind the Rockies. Uh, and they're still in first, not the Rockies, the Twins are still in first place. But they, this division could be all but settled. Oh, yeah. I mean, it could be over. And that was going back to the trade deadline at the beginning of the month, August 1st this year. Mm-hmm. That was the big knock on them. They didn't do anything, right. really. And it no. was the bullpen. Yeah. You feel great about the back end. Duran Studd. Okay. Yep. Short of that. Pagan's been hit and miss. Uh, more miss. He missed yesterday. <laughs> he missed yesterday. <laughs> and he had a but good stretch. But he did stretch. have that one stretch, yes. right? And it was about a six-week stretch. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about a small sample size. Nope. He had a nice stretch. Yep. And then he turned into Emiliano Pagan once again. And he... Remembered who he was, Trent. <laughs> right. And reverted back to that, uh, That um, uh, sadly. I mean, he's just been awful. And know? they have to decide, you know, come playoff time, Maeda. He was an effective bullpen guy for the Dodgers. Well, then maybe that's what you do. You know, do you is he that guy that's your swing guy? You get, know. you know, Sonny Gray. We've seen middle innings has run into so much trouble this year. Mm-hmm. Go get us four, and then go to Maeda for two, and then we'll figure it out on the back. Yeah, end. in the playoffs, you can do that, can't you? You, you can go get four. Do something yeah. like that. Yeah. Now, Maeda's also coming off Tommy John, and he's a lot older mm-hmm. than when he was doing it with the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. But that's the decision. But that's the biggest knock on this Twins team. They were a huge favorite, even at that point, as the race was closer with Cleveland for the division. But to not go out and do something yeah. to help out the bullpen, what they got the, what's the guy's name? Flomo, Florio? But Flo, not Florio, Floro. Floro, yeah. yeah. He's below average. Yeah, he is. He's a C minus. Mm-hmm. He's just another arm. Now, but you would have thought, Trent, that there would have been a little something more. It's not going out and getting team. a closer. And right. You're not going out and getting Josh Hader. No. That's not what the ask was. It was get a couple no, of. No, you don't, you don't need Josh Hader. You got the at the back of the bullpen. Right. But if you go out and you get a couple of dependable veterans. seventh inning guy and eighth yes, inning guy. Something like that uh-huh. it certainly would have increased their chances of maybe winning a playoff game. Uh, Sonny Grace got the lowest ERA in the American League. Did I see that yesterday? Really? Yes, he does. Sonny Grace been been good. But again, middle innings uh, tie, uh, sometimes, as it's been the case for a number of guys yeah. throughout their career. <laughs> I just looking right to, here. Yeah, lowest ERA in the American League. 2.92. Uh-huh. Garrett Cole in second. Luis Castillo in third. Bradish in third for the Orioles and George Kirby in the number five spot. It's crazy, too, looking at the numbers. I mean, just two guys with an ERA under three in the whole league. How different the world Ball's is. changed, hasn't yes, it, it, so has. much? Um, how about the how about the, uh, the Cubs and the Brewers yesterday? Another incredibly entertaining mm-hmm. game that one was. Um, the uh, the Cubs couldn't. I mean, they walked the farm in, in the uh, and hit guys in the eighth inning, and then Bellinger got lucky. He got lucky. I mean, he he slapped it off the, the ricochet, uh, the, the ricochet off the pitcher's leg, and was able to beat it out at first base. The winning run scored. Alzale, who was asked to get four outs, comes in and uh, does his thing. Um, 
And he's he's been unbelievable, Albert. Albert Alzali has been. So the Cubs get an off day. They made up one on the Brewers. Going to be a heck of a race down the stretch. And yes, we will keep our eye on baseball, but football season, as John Bowenkamp would say, she is here. She is here. She is here. Indeed it is. And we're ready for that. Yeah, and uh, so is the so are the folks at Kinnick Stadium. They are allowing you to bring in uh, unlimited, I believe is the is how I saw it, unopened bottles of water. So that means that you can't sneak in right. vodka. Yeah, somebody, <laughs> I'm not saying that as, uh, whoever the security personnel is are going to test every lid. Right. But periodically, you'd like mm-hmm. to think that they're going to randomly check a couple of them to make, mm-hmm. you're not, uh, make sure you're not uh, bringing in something that you shouldn't have. Uh, Iowa State, a similar policy with one exception, they're only allowing you to bring one. Ah, but uh, at least they're allowing you to bring one, yes, so you can absolutely. refill it uh, as many times as you want. Because it's going to be ninety-five degrees in the in the afternoon. Nine five, ninety-five degrees. Not a lot of shade. And if you're sitting on the east stands, um, geez. yeah, you'd be fine. <laughs> You'll be fine. Yeah. Another John Bowen Camp uh, expression. I'll be fine. It'll be fine. I've been hot games before. Yeah, it's all right. It is. Drink Just some water. Take precautions. Absolutely. Take Got to, gonna have the kids, and we'll find some shade, and we'll mm-hmm. probably be watching portions of the game on the TV and the concourses. We get. Will a you shade. make it till the? That's nah, going to be a blowout. Yeah, there's no. Uh, way. Well, is it going to be a? Blowout? Yeah, I think it is. Cade McNamara, by all accounts, boy, Trent sounds like he is a go. Yes, that's that's the new. That's the uh, my takeaway from listening to Ferentz last night. So. Um, it's, that's great. That's yes. good news. Get through the game. Uh, build up a, a big enough lead that you don't have to go the distance. Get him the requisite reps that you would like to see him have in anticipation of Cyhawk next week. And if possible, let the Deacon Hill era, at least in a backup role, commence. Middle of the third quarter, you're up 24-7. Put him in there. Yeah. Yep. Run the ball. Yes. Don't make a mistake. Mm-hmm. We're going to cruise into the victory. Yep. and Get out of there and move on to week two. Yep. I think that's going to be the game plan, and it should be the game plan. Sure it should. Now, Pete Thamel, he had a report yesterday on College Football Live mm-hmm. uh, saying basically the same kind of things, and don't anticipate that you're going to see any quarterback draws. You're not right. going to see anything like that. Right. What we've talked about throughout this week, and really the last couple of weeks, get them out there, mm-hmm. get them some reps, mm-hmm. keep them upright. If the pressure comes, if somebody comes in untouched, yep. just go down. Yeah, look, I, my opinion this week was I, I would have bet earlier in the week that he wasn't going to play. Mm-hmm. But that's good news that he is progressing to a point that um, uh, that option seems to be off the table. I mean, Ferentz will let us know tomorrow with the availability report at 9 o'clock. I don't anticipate Cade McNamara's name is going to be on it from what I've heard yesterday. Today could be bring other news. We shall see. But so far, so good. Fingers crossed because if he's able to answer the bell on 12 Saturdays, he's got a chance to be a pretty special football team. Iowa... Former Iowa tight end T.J. Hawkins. Boy, he got see paid. This? Yeah. yeah, four years, sixty-eight and a half million, forty-two and a half guaranteed. Jesus. Though that's the big part of right. it. When you get that guaranteed uh-huh. money, that is impactful in a big time way. Yep. There for a kid. I remember watching his highlights at Clarendon, and we were doing the football Friday night show over at MediaCom, and we mm-hmm. had correspondents that would be sending highlights, and people be doing those games, and he just. He was different. You could tell at that time. He was yeah. playing 3A football, right. but he was a different kind of kid, and they knew that, yes, he was playing wide receiver basically for uh-huh. that. He was going to be a tight end at Iowa, but to turn into what he uh. turned into, absolutely amazing. 
How much money is Brock Bowers, the Georgia tight end, by all accounts, the next great tight end in football going to make when it's his turn to get after his rookie contract is come and gone and it's his turn for a uh, renegotiated his second deal because this kid uh, has got... Look, Kittle's a little too old. Kelsey's yes. a little too old to cash in on one of these big deals, but sure. apparently, listen to, reading the uh, Minnesota media, Hawkinson wanted to reset the bar for what tight ends got paid. By all accounts, Trent, uh, that contract that he just signed or was about to sign uh, went a long way in doing that. So I watched BS High last night. You did. I, I was yeah. disappointed I didn't get to it last night. Just- it's um, it's awful. Yeah, it's a good mo- it's a good flick. Don't get me wrong. It's interesting, intriguing, yes. and I couldn't turn it off. In fact, I missed the blue moon. You did. You didn't get out to the I forgot deck. all about the blue moon. Oh no. I couldn't uh, turn away from this train wreck is what it was. Um you and I both work with a guy that's very similar to the star of this sh- well not the star, the uh the coach of the sh- of uh, of BSI Roy something. Don't remember his last name, but we worked with a guy who's a very similar BSer. Mm-hmm. Uh it would turn everything around. In fact, I felt like I was watching um I mean, I, honest to God, had flashbacks to really? some of the... Yeah, you'll you'll think the same thing. Mm-hmm. But boy, oh boy, oh boy, this guy ruined lives. Yeah. Ruined lives. It's. Uh, I'm glad that HBO put it on. Uh, ESPN wanted nothing to do with it, would mm-hmm. not even comment on the flick. I get well, that. They were one of the people that were They were embarrassed. Were yeah. Right? They, they got put them on national by... TV. Uh, something yes. amiss here. Yes, they did. And they you saw that right did. away when they showed up uh-huh. in that football game. Yeah, they played the role of Ken Miller and what I went through. I mean, I, I literally extended his malfeasance mm-hmm. uh, when I went over there and his um, criminal activities. And ESPN did the same thing with BS High last night. It's a really good watch. Um, find some time. I will. Yeah, I know you got a busy schedule. Yeah. But um, it's... Ugh. That might be a Tuesday or Wednesday. Yeah, sure. It's, it's a Tuesday and Wednesdays show. are for baseball now. Right. And, and for BS High. If the Dodgers game is getting away, something like that, yeah, mm-hmm. that might be a part of the viewing experience. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Nick Oson coming up. It's very busy. Uh, with Thursdays and Fridays, we're just going to bounce around, try and uh, grab as many voices from topics we think will interest you. Of course, first and foremost on any uh, guest list will be Iowa and Iowa State throughout football season and uh, into the uh, into the basketball season for both schools. Uh, tomorrow, for you Panther fans out there, I believe Colbert, I haven't finalized it yet, but we hope to get him in here uh, just before noon tomorrow uh, to talk a little uh, UNI Iowa State from the UNI side of things. Um, yeah, that's coming up tomorrow at 11.50. I want to give a quick shout out to my friend Chris Shipley over at Three Beards, Three Beards Media. Uh, they've put out, uh, in cooperation with, uh, with We Will, they have a... Um, Put a new shirt on the market, both in cardinal and gold and black and gold. Not lady sports uh, is what they're calling it. So uh, with all the funds, I guess, that that um, go to We Will and to the Swarm going directly to the women's sport. But well done, Chris Shipley and the crew over at Three Beards Media. Let's get Nick Oson in here, talk a little Iowa State. He was at the press conference now, uh, what, uh, this past Tuesday, player availability. Uh, and, of course, uh, Coach Campbell, the coordinator, spoke. Did both coordinators speak? Uh, on Tuesday, Nick, did you get Shieldhouse as well? Hey, Ken, we just got uh, Coach Haycock. I was wondering, yeah, because I didn't see any quotes from uh, uh, from Shieldhouse this week. So, well, I guess I'll just throw it out there to you, Nick. Your takeaway, first of all, from Campbell, before we get a little bit more specific. Yeah, quite honestly, guys, you know, there wasn't 
maybe a ton of things that I, you know, didn't know or, or didn't really already expect. I think a couple main ones were that I don't think, and we've hit on this before, I don't think it was just for nothing, you know, that they really put all of those oars in the running back room, guys. I, I really get the sense that the staff thinks very highly of the whole room and that especially if Iowa State is able to kind of take care of business specifically early this weekend, you really could see four or five of those tailbacks playing. So I think there was some legitimacy there. I think that he, I guess Coach Campbell, continued to kind of echo uh, quarterback is still, you know, being figured out a little bit. Mm -hmm. I think you will see uh, multiple guys. And then I, I kind of just thought it was a cool moment uh, especially for a guy that we have talked about for eight, nine months now, yeah. uh, to kind of hear what Coach Campbell thought about Jack Sadowski. You know, I think he was very clear-cut, not like comparing him to Mike Rose or saying he would end up that way, but just in terms of being ready, you know, how he approaches the game, how he studies, what he's physically capable of. I thought that was a cool moment and something I jotted down in my takeaways, guys. Quarterback position uh, with the or there, that has become a big, big topic. thought it was interesting. People kind of, uh, the question was posed to Coach Campbell about potentially different type of packages, and he said, not really, right? I mean, fill us in there on the details and basically full playbook for both guys. Yeah, you know, I, I think that obviously Coach Campbell, you know, especially going into an early season game, like I said, I don't think he's going to, reveal too much but kind of from what i've gathered really over the course of the summer again i think he's being legitimate i don't think that there's necessarily all right we like rocco for these you know 20 mm -hmm. plays jj for these 25 and for these five that type of thing i really think that it's going to be more of a consistency uh rhythm what can these guys do against not only a live defense but a defense that we haven't been going against all summer I think that it's going to be a spot to really just see who can be more consistent because I think whether it's, you know, us talking or the, the, you know, social media from Iowa State football, both quarterbacks have had a lot of good moments this summer. I think there are also expected to be hills and valleys and some growing moments, which I think is very fair uh, for these young quarterbacks. So I just think it's a point of basically who can show up, who can maybe make less mistakes, take better control of the ball, as we saw last season, and just who can do it against a new, unfamiliar defense, guys. Um, do we read any, in, into anything who actually trots onto the field for the first offensive series? Uh, did Campbell go that far? I mean, if it, if it is Beck, can we anticipate or, uh, I, I guess, uh, draw the conclusion that he is the guy, that he won the battle? Honestly, Ken, I, unless the snap count is overwhelmingly different, I really wouldn't. Because, okay. you know, quarterback, it is a spot where you're just sending one guy out there. I, I think that, I guess maybe part of me would be a little bit surprised if it was JJ, simply because Rocco, I feel like, was ahead for much of the summer. I think that's fair to say. Uh, so that things might have shifted entirely if JJ Cole is kind of getting the first series of the season. But I think as long as it's not Rocco's getting seven series, Cole's getting two, mm -hmm. I really think this thing is something that's going to be figured out a little bit more into Saturday, after Saturday, and then going forward, when you go against an Iowa and you get into conference play, 
that's when you want to really have things kind of figured out, not only offensively, but kind of for the nature of the team, to understand who's the leader. You know, this is our guy. This is who we can expect to be given snaps to every week. And you go from there offensively. So do you anticipate that, um, you know, when you guys get Campbell after the game, do you anticipate that he'll name his starter for the Iowa game, or will we just, you know, because there's only there's not going to be another depth chart if Campbell's history holds. I mean, it's still up at Cyclones.com. If you if you click on it, Hunter Deckers is starting. Um, so they're 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 not want to you know give uh, multiple depth charts throughout the season. So what are we, will will he name his starter after the game if one of them just excels over the other, or will he keep us uh, the media and uh, the people at the fan bases of both schools uh, in the dark right up until they take the field next Saturday? I think what I could maybe potentially see Ken is is a starter being named or alluded to next Tuesday, okay. uh, maybe, but I would be pretty surprised unless, you know, one guy is just way kind of better and more composed than the other on Saturday, which I don't expect. I think things are going to be pretty close uh, still kind of for that naked eye. I would be pretty surprised knowing Coach Campbell, you know, obviously there's a competitive aspect to things. Uh, kind of what he's done consistently, like you alluded to, Ken, with the depth charts or maybe not changing so much. Plus, I just think it's going to be really fresh. And I think that even if it's maybe tougher for fans in general, Ken, I think that what Coach Campbell and this staff have done so, so well, specifically this offseason, is really looked out for their guys, you know, kept things in-house with all the outside noise. I think that they've done a nice job building and putting confidence into both Rocco and JJ, even Tanner. Coach Campbell brought it up Tanner Hughes, you know, kind of on his own this week. And I think that's just going to continue to allow these guys to continue to be in a good mindset. All right, behind closed doors, this is what's going to happen going. Talk a lot about the offense. Obviously, the defense has a chance to be special right away. Pretty young, pretty green, but guys that you're really high on on that linebacker group and the defensive backfield. I mean, how high is the ceiling in your mind for this defensive backfield? I think we have a chance to be talking about maybe one of the best ever at Iowa State. Completely agree, Trent. You know, I thought maybe in the spring that I remember you were high on them, same here, and that maybe we were even a little higher than others. But I think now, whether it's you know players being healthy, the defense being so good last season, TJ Tampa starting to get a lot more national buzz. I think it's actually, I'll go as far as saying this, Trent, this is how highly I think of this room. If it can stay healthy between the safeties and corners, frankly, I think it'll be a disappointment if it's not one of the top four to five secondaries at worst that we've ever seen at Iowa State. And I think it has a chance to truly be the best. Obviously, you lose a really, really good player, a pro in Anthony Johnson. Who made the Packers. Yeah, absolutely. But you've got three safeties that have all played. I know inside and outside there is a lot of excitement about Malik Verdon, who kind I know we really liked early on last season. And then, of course, you return a for-sure pro in TJ Tampa and a potential one in Miles Purchase. Plus, there's some depth there, specifically at safety, I would say. I think that if it isn't the best secondary of this Coach Campbell era, I'd be a little surprised. That's how highly I think of that unit, Trent. 
Uh, Nick, um, so we're off on Monday, and you guys have press conferences on Tuesday. Uh, we may not speak with you again until Wednesday, but uh, I'll reach out to you over the weekend uh, to line something up uh, in anticipation of Cyhawk coming up uh, a week from Saturday night. Nick, thank you for popping on. We appreciate the uh, uh, the multiple hits here with Trent and I during the week. Have a great weekend. Uh, we will continue to re- read your work at CycloneAlert.com. Anything you'd like to promote before we let you go? Yeah, just kind of a fun uh, preview item that I did today. I'm kind of just starting to try a little something different with two questions, two huge questions I have for this game, making a prediction. And, and I'll just lay on saying this, guys. I look for the run game to find a lot of success for ISU this weekend. I, I really think this room and this O-line is going to bring things back. Well, uh, that's certainly optimistic on your part, Nick. Uh, hoping that uh, that that's exactly what we see uh, this uh, this Saturday afternoon. Uh, thank you, Nick Oson. Appreciate it. We will talk to you uh, next week. Thanks, Nick. Perfect. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. A little look at Iowa State here uh, in advance of Saturday. All right, Minnesota Nebraska collide tonight. And this game is important if you want two tickets to sold oh. out Kinnick Stadium. Oh, go to. Miller and Condon on X or Twitter, right? It's the same thing. And right now up on our site, it is your chance to win two tickets to Iowa, Utah State, courtesy of Fuller Dental. Yeah, here's the thing. It's the um, combined yardage for both schools, correct? Total yards, both schools. Whoever gets that number first, that's your number. So if Bill Danklewich picks 541 and fill-in-the-blank comes in later on, takes that same number. Um, whoever gets the number first, that's theirs. If you use the same number that's already been taken and you happen to be, well, you won't be the winner because whoever got that number first, that'll be yours. So be be careful uh, on that. Make sure that that number that you want has not been claimed prior to using so. You have to use the hashtag at Fuller Dental. Hashtag, at, Fuller. hashtag Fuller Dental. Yes, thank you, Trent. <laughs> Uh, I'm new to X. <laughs> you were on that thing 18 hours a day. Use the hashtag Fuller Dental there you go. Uh, to be eligible to win. Hashtag Fuller Dental. Closest without going over. Whoever gets the number first, that's your number. Simple next. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. In West Des Moines. Station 106.3 KXNO. See what Santa Claus just delivered to me? No, what do you got? Well, I guess in this case would be Mrs. Was well, Heather. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, she brought me a can of Ames Lager and a can of the Jack Trice I Will Legend beer. All right. So you're so, going to get yeah. a couple watching Minnesota, Nebraska tonight. Absolutely. Let's get Stephen M. Sipple. He will be watching. In fact, he's in the Twin Cities. We'll be covering it for On3 Media. Sip, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on, Sip. I guess, first of all, uh, you know, let's go back to last night. I know that I don't think you were in Lincoln. I believe you said you were going to leave, but my good gosh, that volleyball, what a spectacle, Sip. Filling Memorial Stadium with over 92,000 people. Wow. Yeah, I think it went off without a hitch. Everything I've heard and seen. You know, the weather was perfect. So you had to, it, it, that was really critical, right? I mean, you had to have a good night. If it was, if it was 100, if it was 100 degrees, I don't know. I mean, or if it, you know, obviously if it was raining or if the wind was blowing, you didn't have that stuff. It was perfect. 
And then you know, they, they won. You know, there's no strange upsets. They took care of business quick. Um, oh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, an ama- it's an incredible spectacle. goes without saying that it's an incredible spectacle for women's athletics. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and credit Trev Albert here. Trev Albert, I mean, it takes some visionaries for something like that to happen. I mean, you got to have a vision. And, it's, and you're rolling the dice a little bit on that. Mm-hmm. And, it, yeah, they, you know, it, it paid off in a big way. You know, it is amazing, Nebraska, not just volleyball. We know the sellout streak they have there, the sellout streak in football. They have a basketball program that's never won an NCAA tournament game. They bang that thing out. Yeah. The support over there, and it just gets you thinking. We know how many people show up, third biggest city, every Saturday that there's a home game. Boy, if they could just get good again, Sip. I mean, just how starved that fan base has to be to see good football again. It's really hungry. Um, yeah, good football. I mean, I don't think at this point, I think we've, I think Nebraska fans have been humbled enough that those days of kind of, kind of like sticking their nose in the air at nine and three, I think that's over. Um, you know, nine and three, big deal. I don't think we'll ever see that again, which is good. Um, there's a, there's a humility that will exist going forward because we've seen, some pretty dark times here. <laughs> I hate this. I'm so dour. It's moment. true, man. Um, <laughs> we've seen some dark times. Um, yeah, I catch myself sometimes being a little, a little overly dramatic here. But um, I, yeah, they're hungry though, and they're I'd say anxious. Mm-hmm. I just want to. Just don't know what it's going to look like. Just really don't know what it's going to look like. Uh, well, what do what should we expect tonight, Zip? I mean, what do what do you think Rule wants to see? Um, I guess first and foremost, a clean game. I would think is probably high on his list. But got a new quarterback in Jeff Sims. The running back uh, certainly looks the part. And Gabe Irvin, my gosh, he's uh, looks like he's cut from stone for crying out loud. Uh, what what do you think would um, leave, leave with a win? And if they do, how will that have been accomplished? How would it be accomplished? Yep. What do they need to do? Play really, I mean, it, it, it's going to take a, a, I don't know, it's not going to be, you don't have to play perfectly to beat Minnesota, but there's a lot that goes into this. Um, and it starts up front. I mean, it's, it always is. You guys are veteran football watchers, and it's got to start right there. And this is, I mean, you know you know what? I know what you, you, maybe your listeners are thinking, oh, thanks a lot, Sipple. Um, that's that's always the case. Uh, I mean, it's some, in some conferences, it's more the case than others. And against some teams, it's more the case than others. If you play UTEP, I don't know if I'm going to say that. Um, but if you're playing Minnesota, I'm going to say it, 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 you better be strong up front on both sides. You better protect well. You better be able to run it. You better be able to move the line of scrimmage. And I don't know how – I mean, it, I haven't seen Nebraska move the line of scrimmage consistently. I had hair when they – um, All of them. It's been a long time. Um, there's a lot of this transpired since I last seen Nebraska move the line of scrimmage on a consistent basis. Uh, I'll be flabbergasted just because I haven't seen it in a while if they do it. So I, it would start there. And then on, you know, on defense, Minnesota is not going to be the offense it had with Mo Ibrahim. They ran it 70% of the time. Mm-hmm. You, you, how many, you can't say that about hardly anybody in the country, right? They ran it 
seventy percent of the time. I think they'll be back. I think they'll be more, you know, probably like sixty percent this year. But they'll still try to viciously attack you on the ground. So how are you going to hold up? Imagine they'll 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 try that downhill assault, and if Nebraska can't stop it, they'll just keep doing it and mix in play action and RPOs. And it'll be really difficult because Minnesota's got the deepest bunch of receivers they've had since Flex probably been there seven years. This is seventh year. It's a good bunch of receivers. I know. I, I think early in his career he had that bunch that was incredible. I think this bunch is deeper. I mean, Altman Bell has been there forever. He's thirty-five. <laughs> he's maybe a granddad by now. <laughs> yeah. I he's uh, he's not there. He's probably fourth now. Yeah, you know, he's slid down the rung. I mean, they got mm-hmm. the guys. They kind of recruited over him, and you know Brevin Span Ford is is a we all know what kind of threat he is. Well, he's an, he's an all American threat, um, so it's got to be complicated. I wouldn't pick Nebraska. I don't think that it'll get out of hand. I mean, we'll see. We'll see what it looks like. Nebraska's, as I told you guys last time we talked, they're they're kind of a wild card team. There's a, there's a lot. It's just hard to say exactly what it's going to look like. Sip, uh, it is a new look defensively, too, with obviously the new yeah. staff coming in and the three three five. Got a lot of dudes back, a lot of guys that have experience, but what has that been like, the transition going to a new front, a new look out there? How has the transition looked from your perspective? Well, I think in August, you know, that critical month in all programs, um, you would have, the, the, the defense had the upper hand in the in my read, is they really gained confidence as the month of August went along. They dominated the offense, dominated the first scrimmage. You know, they have two major scrimmages. I'm sure Iowa does the same thing. Everybody does two major scrimmages, and the defense dominated the first one and played well in the second. Tony White, my read is he's the he's the defensive coordinator, came from Syracuse. My read is his confidence picked up as August went along. We get a lot of availability here, media availability, and you can see as the month went along, his, his confidence rising. That's my read anyway. Um, so, I don't know. I, I, I think that side of the ball is probably better for Nebraska right now. They're really strong in the secondary. I, was, I, I, I shouldn't say really strong, but they're, I think that's where they're the strongest. Um, and they're pretty good all the way around. The key is do they have enough big dude depth? You know, it's a three-three-five. I guess you don't, you know, you don't need as many of them because it's a three-man front. But you still need six or seven. I think I could say they have four that I feel pretty comfortable with. It's just it, how's the depth going to hold up? And that that honestly is more of a question for late October, November. Mm. Do you see it, Sip? Uh, I'll just put it how I see it. I see Wisconsin and Iowa, and maybe Illinois is that top tier, and then right below them, the next tier, and I put, I'm not talking about the West, uh, I put Minnesota and Nebraska. I think this game could go a long way. Um, I mean, I know it's week one, et cetera, and there's a lot of football to be played, but this could have uh, impacts down the road as far as, you know, where ultimately how the Big Ten West is going to end up this game tonight. I suppose, yeah, I I think from Minnesota's standpoint. Now, this Minnesota's schedule is really tough. Their crossovers are hard. You also um, Michigan, Michigan, yeah, uh, Michigan, Michigan State, and Ohio State. Uh, see, that's what I mean. I, I, I think 
Minnesota with a more favorable schedule, I would put them oh a little on a little higher rung in terms of being able to win that division. But I don't that, that schedule's so hard. And again, I, I want to see what it looks like. I think they might look pretty good. Minnesota is I, I you know I've talked to Denardo about it, Jerry Denardo, and he says that looks like a seven year program. They're you know they don't have they only have two returning starters up front on offense, but it's still. He said the depth looks good up front on offense. Just looks good. I mean, they just look, you know, they just look like you should on defense on the defensive line too. He said the same thing. Just to kind of across the board when you when you eyeball Minnesota, you think, oh yeah, that's a that's a program now. They're not. They don't have any. Everybody has holes, right? Everybody does. I mean, Alabama has holes to fill. Yeah, quarterback. Yeah, but they they don't have real deep glaring ones so again you can tell i i, I think you could probably tell what i think about tonight i think it's gonna be really hard for nebraska um it would mean nebraska's better than i think if they gotcha. win the game um i think they're a six and six team that's what i think um now if they win tonight I, i'll reassess and i think we can all do that but uh last thing i'd say is they just don't have nebraska if we could just point to uh, Amir Abdullah, a first-team All-Big Ten mm, player on no. either side of the ball, or a Randy Gregory, um, like something like that, like two or three of those type of guys, then I, I, I'd sound a little different. They're, they have a lot of good players over here in Nebraska. They do. They're good. They've got some good guys, but they don't really have those guys that are eye-popping good. Like you guys, you know, you have that corner, right? Mm-hmm. Um, is DeGene, John, and DeGene, just, yeah. yeah, and you had Jack Campbell. I mean, that they don't have that. They don't have that over here. Final thing for me, Sip. Uh, Nebraska's back. Guy got arrested. <laughs> the tight end. Jesus. Joking aside, Eric Gilber. Boy, what an awful look. Well, yeah. No, he's he's had a lot of issues. Um, it's a sad story. It's a pretty sad story, actually, because he's. I mean, really gifted as a player, and, and you know, you guys have you're you've, you've been around, and I've as I've gotten older, I just regard these stories with so much sadness because he's so talented. I, Bill Bush, who I who's on, you know, I do a radio show yep. with Bill mm-hmm. every day, and Bill was a was an assistant coach at LSU when when Gilbert was a freshman, and Gilbert he coached him on special teams. He, he Gilbert's a tight end. But Bill coached him on special teams, and he says he's one of the most like gifted football players he's ever coached. Mm. He just and, and just just on special teams, he's talking. I mean, just the stuff he could do with a six foot six, two hundred and seventy pound frame. You know, kick kick out block and just grab guys and fling them to the ground. He's just a he's just a force. So. And, you know, that year for LSU, he caught 35 passes in seven games as a true freshman, okay? He caught seven, he caught 35 passes in seven games as a true freshman. So, and then, you know, he just, he's got some issues, and they're, they're, they're significant. And he requires, you know, a lot of help. And it just, so it's really heartbreaking for people here. Stephen M. Sippel uh, from On3 Media, Husker Illustrated. Uh, that's where you can read all of Sip and all of the, the talented uh, writers over there, and it's quite a list. It's quite a group. How many guys do you have, Sip, under the umbrella? It's got to be um, five, six. 
There's a bunch of you. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say one, two, three, six. I'd say six that are regular, you know, regular full-time type ride. Good stuff. Uh, Last thing in 10 seconds or so, are you going to do that video log that you guys do or have been doing over the past after games? I'm glad you asked. Yes, we are. We'll be doing it at midnight tonight. I I won't see it tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, you can get on it tomorrow. I mean, it's on YouTube and everything. So, yeah, we'll be doing it um, every game. It's a it's a big part of our pack. Yeah, good stuff. Look, I've I've watched it numerous times over the years. Uh, very informative. Sip, good stuff. We'll talk to you next week in advance of who's up next. Oh, Colorado next week. Hello, um, big big <laughs> Hello. spot. Absolutely. Sip, uh, we'll talk yeah. to you next week. All right. See you. Good to talk to you, Stephen Sipple. As we check in on Nebraska, Minnesota. Did you have a feel? Mm, Taking the points? No, I would lay them. So what is it? Touchdown? Yeah. Um. Yeah. You know my love of Phil Fleck. So. You've like, always been a big Phil, Philip Fleck fan. We'll take a, a time out. Lee Sterling, speaking of uh, prognosticating on games, he will do that when uh, Miller and Condon come back. It's Des Moines Sports Station 106. <laughs> Welcome back to Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Must be football season. Lee Sterling is back on the radio with Miller and Condon as we take a look at a five-pack of games and his play of the day. Lee, welcome back. Glad to have you. That means it's here uh, and you are with us. And I guess where I want to start with you is, first of all, welcome back. Uh, secondly, so is... Um, you know, we, we limited sample size with the week zero games. What did mm-hmm. you see as a handicapper? Guy watches this very closely when it comes to totals, etc. Number of plays going to factor into your decision process. Uh, too early to glean anything, or what did you come up with so far? What do you expect? Well, it looks like figuring it out just by watching the week one games. We're probably going to see an average of eight less plays per game on average. So if you're a running team, it might be a little bit higher. So, um, you know, with that being the case here, you know, you got to adjust your totals. And I think it's I'm going to adjust my totals compared to last year, about 2.6, 2.7 points. So that'll affect the game and also the total a little bit. So you get that, you get it figured out, you got your yep. algorithm, and yep. in a way we go, it's as simple as that. <laughs> I just blindly bet the under on all the week zero games, went four and three. Yep. Um, made a little yep. bit of a profit there. Three, three and zero oh in, in FCS opponents. Yes. Mm. Now, yeah. I don't think I'm going to do that this week. That'd probably hurt the okay. bankroll. I tried to throw right. all those games together. But we do have games, and we have our games from Lee Sterling. We kick it off Sunday night, the game of the weekend, yep. a top ten matchup. LSU favored by two in the hook against Florida State. So, what a game last year. I mean, 24-23, the blocked extra point, so much drama. Brian Kelly, I thought he made a couple in-game poor decisions. Just didn't know his personnel, and I think what a year of difference will make here. Now, both quarterbacks, who would you think, if you had to pick a quarterback, which, who would you guys pick between the two, Jordan Daniels and uh, Jaden Daniels and Jordan Travis. Uh, you know what? I'll take who's ever left over. If I had to, I would take Daniels. Daniels right by now. a smidge by yeah, me. But they're both good. Okay. okay. Agree with you. When I watch both and study them in the offseason, what I do is I'll watch three games from every team. Their best game, worst game okay. for a team, and a game, a conference game that was decided by seven points where I see, you know, play call, really important play calls by the coordinators and see what they do in the red zone. 
Jaden Daniels was a little more accurate and also a little bit better runner. Take nothing away from Jordan Travis. He's good also. But I think both teams are a little overhyped. I think they should be ranked between 12th and 15th, not in the top 10. Both teams hit the transfer portal really hard and did a good job there. But FSU got to play five teams last year with backup quarterbacks. So they were also the hunter, not the hunted like they will be this year. I, I like the over best. I like the over 56 best, but I like LSU also, 34-30. All right, here's an interesting matchup. TCU played for a national championship last year. Colorado won one football game. I hear they've got a new uh, head coach. Um, <laughs> TCU's favorite, just under t- uh, three touchdowns. I think it's 20 and a half. How yeah. do you see this one? I think Colorado's going to be better down the road. We're going to find out how good a coach here, Coach Prime, is. But I think some of these coaches, starting with Sonny Dykes, want to send a message. You've got to work your way through the system or else you're going to pay your dues. Now, TCU went to more of a 3-3-5 scheme last year, and I like that in this game here in this matchup. Chandler Morris, really good. I mean, he was a starter yeah. uh, until he yep. got hurt in the first game and then never got his job back. I think he's going to do a nice job. I think they're going to be able to score on this defense. in Colorado, when they play from behind here, uh, Deion Sun just doesn't have the receivers. Your top two receivers are USF transfers and a kid from Jackson State here. I, I don't see it here. I like TCU big here. I think they win this game here 45-10. It is a Big Ten opener, Ohio State, going on the road to Indiana. Buckeyes finally settled on a quarterback, still trying to figure out that tackle position. What do you see in Bloomington? Bloomington, I mean, at one point, it looked like they were going to be a player, but uh, mm-hmm. last couple of years, since that 6-2 and two record, 2020, and then COVID hits, I mean, it, they're just losing kids. I mean, any kid with talent is moving and going somewhere else. What Kyle McCord needs to do is just play within himself. Just be consistent. Get the ball to the open guy. They have great running backs, two great ones. They maybe have the best receiving core. Guys like Marvin Harrison, they're unguardable. They're wide open. Just hit the open guy. Don't try to be like Spencer Rattler did a couple years at Oklahoma and force the ball here. And Defensive line, they had 34 sacks last year. They might end up with 45-50 this year. I like Ohio State, 48-13. Big 10, Big 12, Penn State. Again, 20.5 is the number. It's a big number. They're favored over West Virginia. Do you guys remember when this game used to be big? Yeah. Last time they played was 1992 here. It's been that long. Penn State's loaded except for quarterback and defensive back here. I think they might be a touch overrated. They finished the year 6-0-1 against the spread. Utah, uh, who they faced in a bowl game, lost their quarterback in that game, Cam Rising, or else. They might have lost that game. Guy here that might make the difference, C.J. Donaldson for West Virginia. He was a tight end in high school. Miami Gulliver Prep played the same high school as, as Sean Taylor. Uh, 6'2", 240. Look for him to have a big game. And West Virginia's pass defense is terrible, but Penn State's going to run the ball. And West Virginia, against ranked opponents last year, just gave up 3.5 yards per carry, 120 yards per game. And West Virginia, 4-0 against the spread, a double-digit dog. Penn State wins 31-17. Mountaineers cover. The new-look Iowa Hawkeye offense with a banged-up Cade McNamara. Welcome in Utah State. 24 is the number Hawkeyes favorite at home. Caveat here is if McNamara starts, I like Iowa here. And and I think, not that they're going to be great, I just think they'll be better. And the two teams, Mountain West Conference teams, they played in the last couple of years, only scored 14 points on them, and both came from Colorado State on drives of 35 and 23 yards, set up by a bad punt and a Hawkeye turnover here. This Utah State team, 
didn't score a point on Alabama's defense last year, and Alabama's defense was not great. Couldn't put up anything here. So uh, Utah State, another team, anyone who was decent transferred out of the program. Uh, I, I like Iowa here, 34-3. to All right, we've got 30 seconds, Lee. Your, yeah. your play of the day, Texas is a, a five-touchdown favorite over Rice. If the audience wants more information, how do they reach you? Just call 800-400-9741. We'll give them Texas and Rice for free. Got a strong opinion on that game. Check out the new website, ParamountSports.com. Go on the homepage, scroll down, free pick sign up. Put your information there. We'll send you a free pick every Friday night about 8 p.m. We're almost 70% on those freebies. And if you want to sign up for the month, use coupon code SAVE100, just $397. September to remember special, one place paramountsports.com we'll speak with you next week thank you lee welcome back thanks guys thank you lee sterling paramount sports as we check in uh, with uh, with lee each and every thursday uh we can talk swarm beer to kick off the hour then the hawks with david eicholt then the chiefs with adam teicher from espn miller and condor